Obey. In Christianity, God is a preserver. In Christianity, God is a deliverer. In Christianity, God is one who prospers. He's a prosperer. He's one who prospers. So in Christianity, God is our suitor. Welcome, precious people. This is the Dasco Moment with Minister Higher Life, a moment where we experience and we learn the basic fundamental truths about our faith. Last week, we started a new series, and the title is The Ministry of the Christian. And we learned a lot of things from the Word of God, and one, one major thing that we learned was that there's no such thing as an irrelevant Christian. There's no Christian that is irrelevant. The birthing or being born again is actually a birth or an implantation into the purpose of God, into the agenda of God. When it's, when somebody gets born again, the person gets born into what God is doing. The whole Christian life, the whole Christian thing is all about a life for God. In fact, it means living for God. We can say a Christian is somebody that is born to live for God. So there is no such thing as a Christian who has double life, a Christian who wants to live for himself and live for God. It's either you are a Christian or you're not. Now, a Christian who is living for any other thing, I mean, mostly for themselves, that Christian has become selfish. The whole Christian thing, the whole experience of being a Christian, the whole thing about being a Christian is all about living for God, all right? Living for God. It is a losing of our personal identities, our personal ambitions, our personal aspirations, and our dissolvement or absorbment into what God is doing. The life of the Christian is simply what God is doing or the life of what God is doing, daily living for Christ, daily living for the Lord. And as we started last week, getting to know what ministry that we have. As Christians, the ministry that we have received is the ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of bringing people to God. We have been brought to God, as we saw in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that Christ once suffered the just for the unjust. He died for our sins that he might bring us to God. So we were reconciled to God so that we can reconcile others to God. My father in the Lord, Justice Osei Kujurajimai, has something that he tells us. We have been reconciled to reconcile. We've been reconciled to God so that we can reconcile others to God. That is the basic and the fundamental ministry of every Christian. When you get born again today, if a person gets born again today, that person is born into that very ministry that God calls us into. Today, I want us to um, take a very beautiful turn. I want us to look at um, our empowerment to fulfilling that ministry. We have been empowered to fulfill that ministry. But before that, let's do um, a quick introduction. Like I said, the life of the Christian or being born again is to be born to live the life of God. Now, when a Christian does not understand this thing, the Christian will live his life and become either partially fruitful or not fruitful at all in the work of God. 
Now, let's get into the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 14. The Bible says, For the love of Christ constrains us, the word is compel, constrains us because we thus judge, we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Verse 15, and that he died, so, and that he died for all, and that Christ died for all, that they which live should not should not henceforth live unto themselves. Now, pay critical attention. Jesus Christ died so that they who live should not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So Jesus Christ died so that those who live should no more henceforth live for themselves. So when you believe in Jesus Christ, living for yourself ceases. Alright, if a man has truly believed in Jesus, if a man has truly been born again, that person is to live for Jesus, is to live for the one who died for him. Alright, so when you get born again, you have a life for Jesus. You have a life to live for Jesus. Your whole life must be centered around Christ. This is, this is big. Alright, so the life of Christ or living for Christ is not an addendum to our life. It's not an additional thing that we have been giving. So you, you're living your life and then you're giving the life of Christ. So when it's church time, you go to church. When it's time to do anything that looks Christian, then you do that. No, when you get born again, your life is a life that must be lived for God. Very important. So Paul says that the love of God compels us. The love of Christ compels us. Because we judge that if Christ died, then if, if he died for all, then we're all dead. Are you understanding that? And, and that he died, he died so that those who live should no more live for themselves. So when you get born again, you are not supposed to live for yourself. You're supposed to live for God. All right, And this is very important. This is where the ministry of reconciliation comes in. It is a life that you live for God. And what is God doing? God is bringing men to himself. So when you get born again, you are born into bringing men to God. That is the agenda. That is the purpose. That is the grand purpose of our faith. All right, Everything that we do ends at bringing people to God. Everything that we say must end at bringing people to God. If you are a Christian, I, I always tell people, when you get to heaven, God is not going to, you are not going to account to God by telling God that I got a lot of money. I bought the best of cars. Um, I did that. I did that. What we are going to give account is the number of lives that we impacted, the number of lives that we changed, the number of lives that we transformed. People that brought Jesus. There is a song that says that at the end of it all, Jesus is the only thing that really matters. All right. Jesus is the only thing that matters. So when you get born again, you are implanted, like I said, into the very agenda of God. Now, you see, when Jesus started his ministry, he, he, he took Peter, who was a fisherman, he took people who were fisher folks. Then he took some who were tax collectors. And he took all these 12, the 12 disciples of Jesus were of different professions and different fields. Apart from um, Judas Iscariot that could not make it and had to die on the way. Um, these people, they all ended up preaching Jesus to the world. 
By the time Jesus was done with them, so if we bring it to our contemporary life in, in our today's world, we can say Jesus picked some people who were medical doctors. Jesus picked some people who were teachers. Jesus picked some people who were lawyers. Jesus picked some people who were carpenters. Jesus picked some people who were fisher folks and put all of them together. And he stayed with them for three and a half years. And by the time he was done with them, all of them were preachers. All of them were people who gave their lives. They lived all their lives bringing people to God. They lived all their lives bringing people to God. So when, when you come to Christ, the grand aim, the grand total, um, the, the grand agenda, the grand purpose is that you will end up living your whole life in whatever sphere you find yourself, bringing people to God. You don't need to be a pastor to do this. Uh-uh. You don't need to be an elder to do this. You just have to be born again. So these people stayed with Jesus for three years and they ended up, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, Peter had gone back to fishing um, when, Jesus, um, um, when Jesus died and he had gone back to fishing and when Jesus, um, Jesus rose from the Jesus, when Jesus rose from the dead and then Jesus had to do ministry for that 40 years, um, 40, 40 days. He went and Peter was on the sea fishing. He went back to fishing. And when Jesus met him, he says, Peter, Simon, do you love me? He says, oh, yes, Lord, I love you. You know that I love you. He asked him three times. He says, if you love me, feed my flock. It means that the whole thing about Jesus is about people. The whole thing about Jesus is about people. The whole ministry we are called into is about people. It's about bringing people closer to God. It's about bringing people to God. So when you become a Christian, when you become born again, the life that we receive or the life that you receive is to bring people to God. Until you understand this, you will live your life anyhow. I met a Christian one day. We, we were going to the nightclubs. It was the 31st night. And we were going to the nightclubs to win souls and, and, and then get them to church. Now, I met this brother. And as I was talking to him, I quoted the scripture. And the guy recited the scripture offhand. But this guy on the 31st night is at the club. Then I asked him, you know all these things. So why are you here? He said, ah, oh, you know, I'll go. So that 31st night actually was a Saturday. So he said, you know what, I'm coming here, then tomorrow I'll go to church. Don't worry, tomorrow I'll go to church. To him, church is just one of the things that we go to. All right? So he goes to the club to dance. He didn't go there to win souls. He went there to dance or to do whatever so that tomorrow, which, which, which is the Sunday, he'll go to church and praise God and start a new year. That is not the Christian life. The Christian life is very simple. A life that is consecrated a life that is dedicated, a life that is committed to Christ and his purpose on earth. That, that, that is that. And like I told you, by the time Jesus was done with, his, with the disciples, they were all missionaries. They were all people who lived their lives for Jesus. They lived their life. Matthew lived his life for Jesus. Peter lived his life for Jesus. All the people, they lived their lives for Jesus. Think about it. And then it got to the turn of the apostles. The apostles on the day of Pentecost, 10 days after the ascension in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they also ministered the word. And when Peter ministered the word, 3,000 souls were saved. 
when the 3,000 souls were, so, were, were saved, the Bible says that they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in the breaking of bread. So it means the apostles kept teaching them and he kept, they kept teaching them. By the time we get to Acts chapter 8, where there was persecution, the Bible says the church scattered abroad. When the church scattered abroad, the, those that were appointed as Dickens, Philip Dems, um, um, Stephen Dems, and all of that, the, those people went abroad. They went far. They went to far places, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. And then they even went to Samaria. All right. They went to, Philip went down to Samaria in Acts chapter, chapter 9 to minister the word. Are you understanding that? So when there is, when they came, the persecution, I think we should read that. Let me read that to you. Act chapter 8. Act chapter number 8. Glory to God. Verse 4. So he's in Acts chapter 8, verse 4. It says, therefore, um, um, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So he went to Samaria. When you continue reading, you find out that the, 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 there was an outbreak of miracles. There was the outbreak of the power of God. So these were people that most of them started with the apostles from Acts chapter 2. I mean, as they kept on preaching, people came and then all these names popped up. But you see, regardless of the field that they found themselves or the field that the apostles found them, they, 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 they streamlined their lives to the point that their lives was only for Christ. They lived their lives for Jesus. It's very important. So Jesus did that to the apostles. You know, I, I like something I heard somewhere. Somebody said, God had only one son. And the best job, the best job God gave to his son is to bring people to him. In the same way, the son got apostles, the son got disciples. And the best job, the best job, the best job he gave them was to bring people to God. The apostles also had people that they taught. And the best job they gave them was to, bring, to make them also bring people to God. I had a pastor warning the son. He says, you will not be a pastor. You will be a medical doctor. So make up your mind. I say, you know, you not end up like me. The pastor said, you know, end up. The pastor was telling the son, you know, end up like me. Oh my goodness. I would, like Moses said, that all the people of God were prophets. I would that all my children will end up in the ministry, regardless of what we face. Because you see, by the time God is, is done with anybody, the person does ministry. By the time the apostles were done with anybody, the person does ministry. So they gave their whole lives to the, to the work of ministry. They gave their whole lives to bringing people to God. You know, there are Christians, when you tell them, oh, we are going out to go and, I mean, preach or to have evangelism and stuff like that. Then they tell you, oh, I don't know how to preach. I've never preached before. I, I can't talk. You know, there's nothing like that. If you have truly experienced the gospel of Christ, your mouth can't be shut. If you have truly experienced the gospel of Christ, your mouth can't be shut. You will talk to somebody. You will tell somebody about Jesus. You will tell somebody about Jesus. So he calls us into the ministry. Jesus calls us. He brings us into the ministry. And what is the ministry? Bringing people to God. Becoming relevant in Christianity is very simple. Bring people to God. Bearing fruit in Christianity is not how much cars you have. It's not how much money you get. Bringing people to Christ is your relevance 
for the things or your relevance in the ministry. Hallelujah. And you will need to understand these things. You need to give your mind to these things. You're not born again to live your own life. You're not born again to live how you want. Ah, you may even be thinking about a better life, you know, building a better future, building that, you know, uh, building wealth assets, you know, building wealth, you know, creating wealth and all those funny things that they tell you, which most of them are unrealistic, you know, and they make you feel like, oh, you have a serious life. Oh, pay attention. Somebody said you waste your time and you go to church. You waste your time. Today you are traveling here. You are going to win souls. You are going to do that. Listen, that's what I was born to do. I was born again for this. In the same way you were also born again for that. Hallelujah. It is very, very important that we don't have another life as outside ministry. Let me, let, before I tell you about the empowerment, let me, let me let you understand this. Um, let me take you to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number four. Very, very important scripture. Now, you're going to listen to this very carefully. Um, let me read from the New Living Translation. All right. Ephesians, I said Ephesians what? Ephesians 4, that's right. Um, let's do from the NLT. Mm. Now, I'm going to begin from, who? let us begin from, from 4. It says, we are all one body. We have the same spirit. Listen, we are all one body. Talking about Christians. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same glorious future. Did you see that? We have all been called to the same glorious future. This is big. There is only one Lord, praise God. One faith, one baptism. And there is only one God and Father. Who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. God is in us all. Now, let, let me read that again. He says that, um, um, that that's verse, verse 6. And there's only one God and Father. We don't have two fathers. There's only one Father. Who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. The Father lives through us. Oh man, I don't, I don't think you understand that. The Father lives through us. God lives through you. So it is through you that God lives. When we say God is alive, we are looking at a Christian. When we say God is living, we are looking at a Christian. So the Christian is the channel for the living of God. God lives through the Christian. God lives through me. God lives through me. The world gets to know that God is alive through me. Don't mind those people saying, I had a revelation and I know God is alive now. Uh-uh. It is, we are the main agents. We are the main agent that demonstrate the livingness of God. We demonstrate the aliveness of God. He says we have one father who is over all, who is in, in us all, and who is living through us all. God is alive through us. Oh, glory to God. I don't know how you can catch this. God lives through me. God lives through me. God lives through me. You know, if I bring this to tree, we'll say, God lives through me. Are you understanding that? It means that the voice of God is heard through men. 
The power of God is experienced through men. The wisdom of God is seen through men. The grace of God is encountered through men. Hallelujah. The healing power. Listen, when God promises healing to anybody, God is not looking at himself. God is looking at his people. Out together. It's very, it's, this, is, this is amazing. I don't know if I'm going to, if I'll be able to remember this scripture, but let's go to First John. I know it's in First John. We're going we're gonna to look for it. It wasn't part of the things. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Let's get to First John. I think First John chapter 4. We should find it in First John chapter 4. All right. First John, where is brother John? First John chapter 4, I think verse 10. Okay. Okay. Now, let me read from verse 9. Verse 9. He says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. All right. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we also might live through him. Do you understand that? So there is a living through. We live through him and he lives through us. In other words, oh boy, this, this is huge. In other words, men are going to see God because men are going to see God alive in us because we are alive in Christ. So our coming into Christ is an agenda for God's coming into us. Our living through Christ is an agenda of God, God living through us. Are we together? So if there is a Christian, there is God. I want to say that again. If there is a Christian, there is God. Listen, don't, don't, don't live your life and, and, and limit your life. Just equating the wholeness, the totality of your life to a job. Don't limit your life to telling your whole life to money. In, in as much as money is good, you are bigger than that. You are a venue for the proof that God is alive. You are a channel for the proof that God is alive. You are a venue that God is, you are a venue that is called God is alive. God is alive through me. See, that's what we can do what we do. That's why we can preach. That's why we can minister the gospel. I want you to, in the humility of your heart, say God is alive through me. I am the venue that shows, that proves the livingness of God. Can men hear God's voice today? Look at me. Oh, glory to God. Let me, let me show you something that David said. Oh, my goodness. My, 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 my. This is interesting. Let me show you something here. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, God is alive through me. 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 God is adekesata. God is alive through me. God is alive through me. All right. David made an emphatic, very beautiful statement. Let's go to, I think, 2 Samuel. Who oh, glory to God. 2 Samuel 23. Verse 2, 
They say, this is what David says. David says, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was in my tongue. The spirit of God spoke by me. Listen, let me read from the Bible in basic English. He says, the spirit of the Lord had voice through me. This is big. The spirit of God had voice through me. It, it, it means that it means that without me, the spirit speaks, but he cannot be heard. You understand? So I give voice to the words of the spirit. So it means that when we look at a Christian, when we look at a man that is connected to God, the person is the amplification of the voice of the spirit. You are the voice. Listen, he says the spirit spoke through me. He didn't say I spoke by the spirit. It's, it's a different thing. I spoke by the spirit. It's another thing altogether. But he says the spirit spoke through me. The spirit, the spirit had, had voice through me. His word was on my tongue. When you read in the English, um, easy English version, he says the spirit of the Lord speaks by me. So the spirit cannot be heard, the spirit cannot be seen, the spirit cannot be touched, but the voice of the spirit. Listen, look at this same mouth of yours and say the spirit of God speaks by me. It means that I'm a vent, I'm a channel, I'm a channel. If the spirit of God has an information for the world, it comes through me. I am the connection between heaven and the earth. I am the connection between God and man. I have a ministry. I have a ministry. I have a ministry. We can say the spirit of the Lord is healing by me. The spirit of the Lord is prophesying by me. The spirit of the Lord is preaching by me. The spirit of the Lord is transforming lives by me. What a holy conviction. What a brutal conviction that I am a channel by which the spirit of the Lord reaches out to the world. Listen, I told you, as if God promised a healing, if God promised a healing, if God promised power, Man, God is looking at you. God is looking at you. The Bible says we are called the people of God. We are the people of God. Maybe I should read something to you, my brother, my sister. You need to get this. You need to get this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Oh, my, my, my. I'm feeling this thing. Glory to God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, he says, Adistopragatia. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Now, let's begin from 1 Corinthians chapter number. Uh, I said 2 Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Where is my Bible? Where is my Bible? He says, verse 16. And what agreement, what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. He says, we are the temple of the living God. How does that sound to you? Who is a Christian? The Christian is the temple of the living God. This is big. The Christian is the, the word. The, you see, the word is, he says, what agreement have the temple of God with idols? 
For you, you say me, he said, for you are the temple of the living God. The word temple there is from the Greek word naos, N-A-O-S. It means a shrine, all right? You are the shrine of God. Makuzatiah. The Christian is God's shrine. What is a shrine? You know, when somebody walks to a shrine, the person does not see the deity. The person sees some nonsenses put across. You know, you see the face of a monkey. You see the face of whatever carved. So that's a shrine. So a shrine is a physical host of deity. The deity. So when, when you get into a shrine, you may see just a drawing or you may see just a sculpture. But that sculpture is a eco-artezo, brother. It's a aura. Ishai, glory, is is a full representation of the everything of the deity. So when you get to a shrine and you see, um, you get to a shrine and let's say you see rain or you see whatever, something depicted, it is a, a depiction of what that, that deity can do. Are we together? So you get to a shrine and then you have a mermaid sculpture. It means that this shrine is connected to the marine world. The Christian is God's shrine. It means that the Christian is the physical representation of God. What that means is that all the power, all the ability, all the strength, all the might of the deity called God is experienced through the person called the Christian. I am the temple of the living God. It means that glory to God. It means that, uh, oh Jesus, it means that God is alive in me. So if somebody wants to have a child, the person goes to a shrine and then they point the person to sculpture. But it is through that contact the person makes with the, with the sculpture that the person is able to get whatever he wants to get. In the same way, there is a Bobo Barati. This too, there is a higher shrine. I am the shrine of the most high God. Adestobaya. Ayo my. glory. All the abilities, all the strength, all the might, all the possibilities of God are embedded in me to carry out the ministry of reconciliation. Everything of God, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I say you will not let down this faith thing. You will not let down your fire. It is the hope of the world. If God... If God can help the world, if God can bless the world, if God can change a life, God is going to use a Christian. That's why I'm not a fan of praying for destiny helpers. No, no, no. I am a destiny helper. God in me, I help the destiny of men. God in me, I bless the lives of men. See, this truth never gets old. This truth never gets basic. This is the reality of our life. This is the reality of the We became born again and we became the temples of the living God. We became the temples of, no, he didn't say we are temples of God. Isopaya. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I can shout and shout and shout and shout and shout and shout again that the nations will be healed by me. I am the answer to the cry of many. I am the answer to the dying multitude. These very hands are the shrines of God. These hands of mine, God's power flows through me. These eyes of mine, 
God's power flows through me. This tongue of mine, God's power flows through it. I am the shrine of the living God. He thinks I'm a shrine of God. He says, I'm a shrine, a shrine of the living God. I'm a shrine of the God that lives. Oh, break, oh, star, star. Glory to God. He's so, so tired. More, Marco. When God talks, when the Bible talks about the living God, he's simply talking about the active God. The God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. You see, when the Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumber, it does not mean, he, like what they say, he doesn't do like this. He doesn't, uh-uh. he doesn't sleep or slumber means that he is active. God is active. He is active. So listen, the active God is alive in me. All his possibilities are embedded in me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I am a heavenly atmosphere. I'm an adiko maloste vento paradosha. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. By your faith in Christ Jesus, oh man, you will not be useless. You will not be useless to eternal purposes. You will not be useless. There's something in you. God is alive in you. And as I'm talking, the fire of God is rising in your heart. As I'm talking, as if you have fallen, if you think you have backslided, just keep listening to this thing. There's something rising inside you. 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 Listen, God is alive in you. You are the shrine of the living God. Let, let, me, let, me, let me read this thing again. He says, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Aye. Oh, Beko Shandaba. I wish I had a lot of time for this. I'm out of time. Listen, what, what is an idol? Aye, aye, Jesus. Man, listen, today is sarcastic. Just forgive me. Listen, what is an idol? An idol simply means something that is worshipped or something you give your heart to above God. So money can be an idol. Your wife can be your idol. Your husband can be your idol. Anything that competes with God. You understand? Anything that competes with God. It can, your idol can be your job. Your idol can be your laziness. Your idol can be whatever. And he says, what agreement? What agreement? What agreement? You can't marry the two together. You cannot, you can't marry, you can't marry the two together. You can't come to a place where you are contemplating between, oh, my new boyfriend and God. Which one should I take? My job and God. Uh, okay, no, no, no. He says they have no agreement. They, they cannot be paired. Why? He says, you, as he's talking to you, he says, you, you are the temple of God. So he's saying that, ah, how can someone who is, who, in whom is all the abilities of God, how can someone in whom is embedded all the possibilities of God think about competition with God? How can something compete with, with, with God in you, how can you make something compete with God in you? Then he says, who do you think you are? You are God's shrine. You are the place. Menoshate. The word shrine also means portal. You are a heavenly portal. What's a portal? A portal is a place for divine manifestations and divine occurrences. So you are a place for divine manifestations and, and divine occurrences. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will cast out devils. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will prophesy to the nations. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. The power of God is coming upon you so strongly. Wherever you are watching this thing from, it is a wake-up call. 
It's a wake up call in the name of Jesus. The power of God is coming upon you. You know why? Because you are a shrine of God. You are a place for divine manifestations. You are a place for divine advancement. You are a place for divine possibilities. You are a place for the manifestations of the power of God. You are a place for the full manifestation of God. Let's continue. So he says, what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, not the dead God. He says, as God has said, ay, 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 glory. He says, I, as God has said, I will dwell in them, number one, and I will walk in them, number two, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Things are going to happen. Number one, God says, I will dwell in them. I will dwell in them. Now, what does it mean to dwell in them? To dwell, to dwell means to abide to influence. To abide to influence. All right, shout it, I have a ministry. So the Greek word is inoikio or inoikio. Now, inoikio means to reside and spread. It means to recite and cause influence. So he says, you are the temple of God because God has said it long time ago that I will dwell in them. Who is the Christian? The Christian is the one that God dwells in. Are you understanding that? What does it mean for God to dwell in somebody? You, you, you know, he says that you are the temple of the living God. So it means that the living God is the one that dwells in you. I want to scream. I want to shout. I want to get up. I want to scatter everything. Listen. You are a place for the living God. The living God dwells in you. What does that mean? It means that you are a place where the living God has influence. God is able to influence through me. Hey, glory. God is able to influence through me. This must be your mindset. Hallelujah. This must be your mindset. God is able to influence. So he says, I will dwell in them. It means that I'm going to abide in them and cause a spread. I'm going to abide in them and cause an influence. I'm going to abide. Oh, in the name of Jesus, the world has seen nothing yet. I said the world has seen nothing yet. In the name of Jesus. See, no matter what you have faced, no matter what you have encountered, no, no matter your spiritual level right now, just pick up this word. Pick up this word and say, I'm a venue wherewith God is influencing. God is comfortably influencing people in my life. God is having his influence in me. He says, I will dwell in them. I will cause my influence in them. They will be the place for my influence. They will be the place where I'm able to stretch. They will be the place where I'm able to touch the next person. They will be the place where I'm able to heal the sick. They will be the place where I'm able to raise the dead. They will be the place where the cripples can walk. They will be the place where the blind can see. They will be the place where they can hear my voice. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. Where, where should we go now? Uh, let, let me whoo, let, let me take you to Exodus or Deuteronomy. Oh, glory to God. We are going to come back to this one, but let me get you to the book of Moses. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Can you be praying in tongues? Can you be praying in tongues? Can you be praying in tongues? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Glory, 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 God. Ah. Whoo, glory. Ah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm a temple. 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 
I'm a temple. I'm a temple. I'm a temple. I'm a temple. I'm a temple of the living God. It, the living God abides in me. What does it mean? He dwells in me. What does it mean? He influences through me. See, it is in the temple that God is head. All right? L- let, me, let me get you that scripture. Ooh, glory to God. My, 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 my. Ooh, 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 ooh. Glory. Ah, this thing is mixed up. Ooh. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All right. Um, let's get to Exodus. Glory to God. All right. Now, 26, I believe. 26, he says that thou shalt raise up the tabernacle according to a fashion that <laughs> according to a fashion thereof, which was shown thee in the mouth. Now God was telling him, You are going to raise a temple, you are going to raise a shrine. In other places, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not finding it, but he says that it is in that place. He says, it is in that place that I will speak. That's where you will hear me. That's where you you hear my word. So my word will come out. My word will proceed. My word will proceed from the temple. As a Christian, as a Christian, you are the living tabernacle of God. It means that God lives. God dwells in you. His influence begins from you, all right? His influence begins from you. Let me show you. We're going to continue this next week, but let me show you this. Let me show you this quickly. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back. He says, and what agreement had the temple with idols? For ye are the temple of living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them. And I said, to dwell means to abide, to cause influence. So listen. When somebody gets born again, God has gotten a place, another place he's influencing. Another place he's stretching. Another place he's touching lives. There's no irrelevant Christian. I say, if you have fallen, rise up. I don't care what has what has taken you captive. I don't care what addiction that has taken you captive. I don't care what laziness, what weakness, what ambition that has taken you captive. You are better and you are more than a job. You are better, you are more than a car. You are better, you are more than a marriage. You are better, you are more than a friend. No, you are a place for heavenly expansion. You are a place where heaven expands. So when we look at you, we see the expansion of heaven. That is what it means for God to dwell in you. It actually, it's it's a connotation of, of, of an agenda. Where, you know, that word, the inoikyo, has the idea where cancer cells spread through the body. All right? So when a cancer, maybe a cancer will start with the brain. By the time you realize, oh, it has spread through the whole body. You know, that is what God, God is a holy cancer. God is a holy cancer. When he comes into you, he's not a cancer that kills. He's a cancer that causes himself to spread. In other words, Paul says, my, 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 my children in whom I travel until Christ is formed, until Christ has taken shape in you. So when God comes into you, that is the idea. Number two, now let me do this and close. Then next week, we are going to continue. He says this, he says, what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them 
and walk in them. <laughs> God says, I will draw in them and I will walk in them. <laughs> Listen, to walk, when God says I will walk in them, God is not saying I will be running in them like a literal walk. Uh-uh. The word is emparipatio. The Greek word is emparipatio. Emparipatio means to advance a course. It means to progress. Eomantoprakestes. Lebaratos. Egabash. Edaste. God says I will advance in them. So the Christian is the channel for divine advancement. The Christian is a place where God advances his cause. The Christian is a place. Listen, you, 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 you will make the devil happy to, to stay aloof, to stay lukewarm and do nothing for God. You, the devil has won, a, has won big time. Even if you're a Christian and you not cause him trouble, you not do church, you not do ministry, you not do all this evangelism thing, and you just want to be a, a holy Christian and enjoy your life, the devil still has won. Because you see, the vision, the, the vision, the idea, the purpose of God for making you a Christian at this time and point is that he will advance. You are a place for divine advancement. I want you to say to yourself, if you know that you have a gift, if you know you are a Christian, I want you to say the gospel is advancing through me. The healing power of God is advancing through me. The prophetic ministry is advancing through me. The power of God is advancing through me in the name of Jesus. The evangelistic power of God is advancing through me in the name of Jesus. We will get to villages. We will get to every corner and we will drag men out of hell. Are you hearing me, somebody? I said, we will get to the cities and we'll get to the villages. We will get to everywhere. The sick will be healed in the name of Jesus. You see, even as the Bible says, that men lay their sick on the street, that per adventure, the shadow of Peter might pass upon them. And the Bible says, everyone that had the shadow passed upon him or her, the person got healed. That time has not passed. That time has not passed. I still believe in the possibilities of God. I still believe that I am a channel for the advancement of God. You are a channel for divine advancement. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. You are a channel for divine advancement. I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. You are going to hold forth the torch of heaven. You are going to hold forth the power of God. If you know within yourself that you can start a cell to preach to people, begin it now. You can get out, get out of your place. Go and preach to somebody. Listen, I want you to honor this message. I want you right after the, right after the message, I want you to get up, find somebody and tell the person that I, Jesus Christ, loves you. Just tell the person, Jesus loves you. I want you to join me today. And just go out and tell somebody, Jesus loves you. Just go out, find somebody, just tell the person, God has sent me to tell you that he loves you. Just say that to the person, Jesus loves you. And Jesus says he wants to be a channel. He wants you to be a channel that is going to express himself and see the, the holy commotion that you will cause. The holy commotion, spread it everywhere. Shout it everywhere on your statuses, on your Instagram, whatever, your social media, whatever. I am 
become a divine, I'm a channel for divine advancement in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that God is alive in you. I want you to know that God is living in you. I want you to know that you are God's very own channel from which he advances his cause. Listen, all the power of God are engrafted in you. All the abilities of God are engrafted in you. All the abilities of God are engrafted in you. You are not ordinary. You are not a human being. You are a divine portal. You are not a human being. You are a divine channel. You are not a human being. You are not weak. Don't, don't, don't be saying human beings are nothing. You are not nothing. You are not nothing. No, you are something. God's power is alive in you. God's ability is alive in you. God's strength is alive in you. Oh, Shatabaya. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babes, thou hast ordained strength that you confound your enemies. God has ordained strength in you that God will confound his enemies in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, when you go, don't think about what you're going to say. When they drag you before the synagogues and they drag you before the elders, when they drag you before people of high stature, don't think of what you're going to say. But that same Holy Spirit that draws in you, he will give you words to say. He will give you words to say. He will give you the boldness. He will give you the boldness. He will give you that emancipation. He will give you that ability to touch lives. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will not let down. You know what? I see right now. This is what I see. As I was talking, my eyes got open and this is what I saw. I saw, I, I saw sticks of fire. I saw this stick, sticks that had fire. Many of them, many of them like a baton. I saw many of them on, on the street. As I kept on talking, especially when I, when I started talking to you about our drill in them, I saw these sticks of fire, plenty of them on the road. And you know, they were there like that, let down. And then I saw people running to pick it to run. So this one picks it and he runs. This one picks it and he runs. This one picks it and he runs. Pick yours today. Pick yours today. Pick yours today and say the cause of Jesus must live on. We pledge an allegiance to live for Jesus. We pledge an allegiance unto the Lamb. We pledge an allegiance. We will live our lives for Jesus. We will labor for the Lord. We will be relevant in the ministry. We will not be backbenchers. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. If a brother has offended you, if a sister has offended you, and because of that, you are letting down the faith, go and pick your stick now. Go and pick your baton now. There is a great agenda on your life. I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Because listen, there are people God has connected to you. You are the one that can heal them. You are the one that can cast out their devils. You are the one that can wipe away their tears from their eyes. You will not let down your fire. You will not let down your fire. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will not sell your birthright for a pot, a pot of food in the name of Jesus. You will not let down your fire. Many people are in the line. Many people have queued up crying for a savior. They are crying for deliverer. Oh, Shanta Kabaya. And he said in Obadiah, he said it shall come to pass in those days that saviors shall rise up. Saviors shall come upon Mount Zion. They shall appear. They will bring salvation. They will bring deliverance. They will bring healing. Oh, Shantabaya. Even as he said, and it shall come to pass. Afterward, in those days, I'll pour out my spirit. The spirit was poured on the day of Pentecost. Now, having believed on Jesus, you have received the spirit. The spirit is upon you. The Spirit of God is upon you. The Spirit of God is upon you. You are not ordinary. I pray for you again that in the name of Jesus you will rise up and you will recognize that there is grace. I here to tell somebody there is grace. There is grace. There is grace. 
There is grace, abundance of grace. I hear to tell somebody where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Where you have fallen, where you think you've done the, the greatest mistake of your life, the greatest sin of your life. And because of that, the anointing of God has left you. The power of God has left you. This is the, this is a prophecy unto somebody where sin abound, grace abounded much more. Rise up and pick your fire. 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 Rise up and pick your fire in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. You know what I want us to do this. Put your hand on your belly wherever you're watching me from and say in the name of Jesus my fire is burning. You say, in the name of Jesus, my generation will see the power of God through me. In the name of Jesus, my generation will see the power of God through me. In the name of Jesus, say, I am the temple of the living God. I am the temple of the living God. In the name of Jesus, I'm a package of blessing unto my world. In the name of Jesus, you are a package of blessing. Your life is a divine bliss. Your life is a testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everywhere you go and everywhere you step, let your life, let your light so shine in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, there is such a thing, there's such a thing as the fire of God for everyone that received Jesus Christ. There's such a thing as the ability of God inside the believer. Even the, the believer that feels like, oh, he needs, he's, he's broken. He needs strength and all of that. The strength is within. The God that lives in you, David called him his strength. The God that abides in you, David called him his light. And you know what? That God is alive in you. That God, he lives in you. We are in such a critical point in the calendar of God. The devil spews darkness. He spews lies. He spews sicknesses. Are there saviors? Are there people that can stand with the principles of heaven? That can stand with the audacities of heaven without fear, without shame, without relenting, but will come up and say, Lord, here I am. Send me, send me. I pray for you. You will not follow money and leave the calling. You will not follow friends and leave the calling. The power of God is upon you. Wherever you are watching me from, I see the power of God coming upon you in the name of Jesus. And your baton is picked. It's lighted up to affect the nations. I pray for you that in the mighty name of Jesus, if you are hearing me and you are sick, even if you are bedridden in the name of Jesus, I smash that sickness with the power of God. And I declare you whole in the name of Jesus. I see somebody with an eye condition. Your eye itches you so bad. It itches you. You are able, you, you can scratch it and it becomes red. You, you can scratch it and, and becomes red. Listen, in the name of Jesus, by virtue of the word of God that has come to you, healing has come to you now. I wash your eye with the word of God. I wash your eye with the word of God. If you had a kidney problem, in the name of Jesus, if you're sick in any part of your body, I come against that sickness in the name of Jesus. I come against that sickness in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. If you're not able to walk, whatever you couldn't do, begin to do it because the power of God has come. The glory of God has come because you are the living temple of God. You are God's shrine. You are a holy shrine. You are a shrine in whom God dwells. Thank you, Father, that you have made us such your shrines, such as shrines of the living God. We dwell today as God's voice to the nations. 
We dwell today as God's power to the nations. We dwell today as God's miraculous power and healing to the nations. We dwell today as the love of God here on the earth for the world to see in the name of Jesus. To me, and you are not born again, I would like to pray for you. I want you to say these words with me and mean it with all of your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to come and die for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe with my heart that you raised him from the dead. This day, come and live in me. I accept the Lordship of Jesus, and I declare I'm born again. I'm part of the family of God. Thank you, Father, for saving me and blessing my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer with me, you want to reach out to us one more time. Reach us to us, and then we are going to teach you what to do. We have, we have some books that we, can give, we, we are going to give you, and then we will, we, will, we will raise you, train you, disciple you, that you become very fervent in the things of God. God bless you. We surely will meet again. But don't forget, don't forget to share the link to other people. Don't forget to share this message to people. You know a brother, you know a sister, you know a friend. Share it to them. And if you're watching and you have not subscribed to our page, subscribe to our, um, our YouTube channel. And you, it will be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to you. The testimonies are amazing. Those of us who have shared it, uh, God bless you. If you have not shared it, create a WhatsApp broadcast or whatever. And then compel people to, to, to subscribe and click on the notification bell. That, so that whenever we make any, we put anything there, they will be able to see it and fellowship with us. God bless you so much for being with us today. Bye. Shalom.